0: Welcome to the Life Church podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope for every listening you are blessed by this week's message. What's up Life Church family? We are here another Sunday. What an awesome time in worship. Shout out to our worship team. Shout out to our band. Bless God for them. They've been so consistent week after week in providing us with a musical experience that makes us aware of the presence of God in our lives. And so I just want to take a second to appreciate them and thank them for that. And I also want to shout out our pastors, the dopest pastors. Pastors Ernst and Lashan Kochi, we honor you this morning for your sacrifice, for the way that you serve by example and lead by example, and the way that you've been so intentional about raising up other leaders. We salute you and we love you and honor you this morning. I'm excited because this sermon series has been blessing my life. No, I'm not biased. It really has been. It has been convicting me and prompting me to pray differently, to step outside of my normal routine with God. We've been diving deeper into a series called Destiny Shaping Prayers. In week one, Pastor Ernst inspired us to have face time with God, provoking us to become more intentional about intimacy with God and making time for real vulnerability and transparency in his presence. In week two, my sister Maybelline asked the question, what's holding you back? And she really got us to think about the various things in our lives that keep us from prayer, period. Not just destiny-shaping prayers, but keep us from prayer. Keep us from times of prayer. Last week, Sunday, I asked the question, who's your daddy? And I know that when I asked initially, some of you may have been like, oh, my God, what is she about to say? But I'm positive that by the end of the sermon, you were thinking of yourself less as just regular, schmegula insert name here. And you were thinking of yourself as, wait a minute, I'm an heir. I'm royalty. I have access. That was the whole point. God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. The universe, his word declares, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. We realize that because God sees us through the lens of the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, we are upright, we're righteous, we have access to the throne of God, and we can cast our cares on him, receive mercy, receive joy, peace, all the good things, because he's our loving father, He's available and he's excited about loving on his children and answering our prayers. But today, I want to take us on a different journey. We've established the foundation, but now I want to talk to the people who have been praying consistently. They've been fasting, they've been focused. You've been determined to walk the talk and live this thing out for real. But on the inside, you're actually hurting, maybe even feeling broken, overwhelmed, disappointed, angry. Maybe you're watching today and you're mad at God. You're mad at God because you prayed, because you cried as you prayed, and you felt like there was silence or even worse, you felt like the resounding response from heaven was no. Today's sermon is titled, When God Says No. Father God, I just pray right now that you open the hearts of your people to receive. I know that this is an on-time word because you gave it to me. And I pray that as I deliver it, as you gave it to me, that hearts will begin to be softened to receive your love for them. That those who feel broken, that their hearts would be mended. And that we would all come to recognize that your sovereign will is best, even if it feels uncomfortable in the moment. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. What are you saying to me, Melissa? Last week you told me I had access. Yes, I did. I did. I told you you had access. You told me don't have a poverty mindset as you pray. You're an heir. You're royalty. Yes, yes, I did. I said that. It's all true. But, like any good parent, sometimes you don't give your children everything they want In the moment that they ask for it, sometimes you don't give it to them at all. Not because you can't, but because you know better. I remember an instance where my son was almost two. We had done our normal routine, I had picked him up from daycare, we went grocery shopping, we were doing the dinner routine. He had some snacks, he was living his best little toddler life. And I was making dinner before his dad came home. And I was seasoning meat to let it sit and marinate for a bit while the other side dishes were being prepared. And in his sweetest little toddler voice, he says, Mama, dip in peas. And for those of you who don't speak two-year-old toddler, Dippin' means chicken. The boy wanted chicken. He was hungry. He wanted to eat. I said no several times because raw chicken, right? Who feeds their children raw chicken? And the first time I said no, I was just like, no, hold on, not yet. Really hoping he would understand. No, it's not time yet. It's not ready yet. As soon as it's ready, I'm going to give it to you. I got you. Just hold on. I said it about three times, and the last time he just looked at me with his big bright brown eyes, and he started to wail. Mind you, he had snacks um, right in front of him in his high chair, but we're not going to talk about that right now. He started to wail. He could smell the seasonings. He could see that the oven was on, and he saw the usual dish that I would use to bake our meat in. I was holding something that he recognized as food, but in his immature state, he couldn't see that the meal was not finished being prepared. Now, I'm a good mother. I would never just leave my child starving or hungry. I kept giving him other snacks to satiate his appetite while I prepared what was supposed to be the main course. Some of you already caught the revelation. I love him too much to give him something that's not good for him. No matter how much he wants it. Chicken in and of itself is good. Unless you're a vegan or a vegetarian. But raw chicken can make you sick or even kill you. A romantic relationship, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with it, it's not a bad thing, it's good, right? But released to you in the wrong season of your life or the wrong season of your emotional development can destroy you, can send you down the road to depression, can can take you out of your purpose And separate you from the presence of God. You see someone you're interested in, a guy or a woman, and all the signs say, this could be it. Could it be the one? You know, your friends are getting married or they're getting settled into serious courtships. And you're like, whoa, it must be my turn. You know, it must be my turn next. I'm the last one. And... You're like, God, is this it? And the answer is no. And what you can't see is that the guy that you're dealing with is actually a narcissist. And his plans for you are to simply use you to fill the voids that he has in his own life that he won't take to God. But he's so charismatic and he's so sweet and he says he reads his Bible and on IG, you know, he posts scriptures and his stories and inspiring words and all of the good things and it looks really good on paper. Or the young woman that you're pursuing, you don't know that she's actually still low-key dealing with her ex and that that ex happens to be another woman. And you're begging God for something that you don't know isn't For you. And so God says no, and like my son, because you can't see the full picture, you're angry at God, or you're angry about your circumstance, or you're tired of waiting, or you're disappointed and disgruntled, and you're wondering, God, where are you? And God is actually standing there trying to embrace you and tell you that it's gonna be okay, but you can't hear Him because your emotions are louder than his word over your life. The financial increase that you're seeking, in and of itself, it's good. Who doesn't want a little extra money? You're gonna tithe more when you get that money. You're gonna give to some charitable organizations. You have a whole plan. But God knows that you still haven't mastered discipline. And that you're not quite as responsible as you think you are. And it's very likely, or because he sees the end from the beginning, he knows that you would squander the very thing that you're asking for, end up back in the same position. And he says, it's not that I don't want you to have the increase. I'm just trying to work something in your spirit so that when you get it, you can handle it and do well with it and prosper in it. I know you wanted that job. You were ready for a promotion. You've been working hard. You've been faithful at work. You've been early. You stayed late. You've been putting in overtime in the middle of a pandemic and you're like, yo, it's my turn. They they might not be hiring anybody new, but the person who was above me, they quit. And so it's my turn. I'm up next for a promotion. And you didn't get it. And you prayed for it. And you had your friends praying with you for it. And God said no. Why did God say, why would God say no? Because you couldn't see that this promotion, there was fine print in the job description that reads, high stress. Stress that you would take home to your family that could ruin your marriage, keep you busy, keep you away from your kids, keep you away from your friends, keep you away from your ministry, keep you away from purpose. Maybe even slowly eat away at your confidence. The 401k, the salary looks good, and you want to know why God didn't open up that door for you. And you feel like there's silence, and he's like, no, I saw what you couldn't see, and I'm protecting you for my purpose. You've been praying for mentorship, and you feel stuck, and you need help seeing what you're next, Looks like, and if you can just get a mentor to help you, and God is saying to you, No, we're not sending anybody to you. I want you at my feet, I want you in my presence, I want you to be taught of my spirit. I don't want you idolizing somebody who you don't even know is actually just winging it, they're not led by me. Sometimes the answer is not no. For my son, it was not yet. It wasn't no. I would not leave him hungry. He will not leave you wanting. Again, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly, right? That's what the word says. But what happens when the answer is no? Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Here we see the Apostle Paul talking. In verse seven he says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times, that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly therefore, will I rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm content with weakness With insults, distresses, with persecution, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. This is Paul talking here. Paul, the apostle, okay? This is the guy who wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. This is the guy who was able to raise a young man from the dead, okay? This wasn't just regular schmegular Joe. And, you know, for clarity, there are no regular Schmegular Joes in the kingdom. Everybody is important. All right. So let's clear that up. But I'm saying it's Paul. (laughs) Like the Apostle Paul. He, he, He did a lot for Christianity. He did a lot for God. And we don't know what this thorn is, but he says he brought it to the Lord. It was something that bothered him enough. That he was like, God, is bothering me enough that I'm about to bother you with this. He didn't ask once. He didn't ask twice. He asked three times. The Bible says, I implored. Like, he begged. He pleaded. Or the song says, I prayed and I cried and I cried and I prayed. Like, he was desperate for his situation to be changed. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, no, I'm not taking it away. But my grace is sufficient for you. Power is perfected in weakness. What? This is the bro, Paul. You can refer to him as God's bestie. Like he was dope and God told him no. God curved him. Let's take a look back at the text. In verse seven, Paul seems to come to the conclusion that this thorn is present to keep him humble. The truth is, again, we may never know what the thorn was or why God allowed this to be the case. We don't know what the divine purpose in it all, but we know what God's answer was. My grace is sufficient. In other words, the peace that I have available to you, the grace that I have for you, it's no match for the thing that you're concerned about. My spirit will keep you even beyond what you're able to understand and comprehend about what I'm doing in your life. I can handle your disappointment, I can handle your anger, I can even handle your grief. You can be mad at me, God says, it's cool. But my grace is sufficient for you. I have grace for you. There's grace for that. I want you to say that to yourself today. If you find yourself feeling like Paul, you've been asking God to help with this, to change that, to build something up in you or to open a door. And you feel like there's been silence or a no. I want you to just put your hand on your chest and say it with your chest. God's grace is sufficient for me. I promise you Paul was not the first to make a request and be denied what do you mean the Bible says seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open and ask and you will receive yes it does but even Jesus that's right Jesus asked again three times if this cup can pass this is as he's facing crucifixion. Jesus asks of the Father, all right, but if this cup can pass, like I know what I came here to do, but this thing is heavier, you know, now that I'm here, Lord, you know, it's real, it just got real. If this cup could pass, in other words, can we do this another way? And I believe that Jesus' response is an example to us of what God wants us to do. When we don't understand, when it doesn't feel good, when it doesn't look like what we expected it or anticipated it looking like. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I promise you today, people of God, your thorn, the thing that's irking you, the thing that you've been bringing to God, It's no match for the crown of thorns that Jesus bore on his head so that you could be free today to pray destiny-shaping prayers. So let's talk about it. Why does God say no? Why, God? You're not ready for what you're asking for. Maybe. Or could it be that what you're asking for is not good for you? Think again about my son and that chicken. He wasn't asking something that was unreasonable. The boy was hungry and just wanted to eat. But his stomach wouldn't do really well with raw chicken, now would it? It looked good to him in his state of understanding at his level of maturity. It looked good. It smelled good. You know, they say if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. Well, it smelled like chicken. The oven was on and it was in the right dish, but it was raw meat. It would have landed us in the emergency room had I given it to him. But as a good parent and God being the supreme father, he knows what we can bear. The Bible also says he'll never put more on us than we can bear. He knows our frame. The Bible says he knows our frame and he remembers that we are but dust. He can see the end from the beginning, even though you can't. And he's going to do whatever is necessary to see to it that his plan comes to pass in your life. The Bible says, my word will not return unto me void. His word is powerful and the purpose on your life is a word that God spoke into the earth. And he's going to make sure that that word does not return unto him void. So even if what you're asking for looks good, but it's not good for you. God being sovereign is going to see to it that you are protected even if the thing you need protection from is your own self. And your own ambitions, but I really wanted it but you're not ready, it's actually going to bring you pain, it's going to take you from the presence of God and God wants your undivided attention right now so that he can prepare you for what he really has for you. Number two, why does God say no? because he has something better for you. I remember my early 20s. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> By my early 20s, I had already had two major heartbreaks. I know some of y'all are sitting at home or wherever you're watching from like, two, that's it, girl? I had more than that. But yes, I had two really big, heartbreaks that shaped my outlook on Relationships and I had decided that I was not here for relationships. I did not want to be married I was not here for it I'm just gonna focus on the Lord my work and my music and that was it no time for distractions That that was what I thought that I said to myself and then I met a guy and then a guy that I didn't even like. How about that? How many times does that happen, right? You meet somebody you don't actually like, them, but they kind of warm up on you. And there was a guy who was pursuing me. kind of warmed up on me over time. You know, we spent too much time together. And so what I thought I didn't want became something that I wanted. And I talked to God about it. And I was just like, listen, I'm just tired of my heart hurting. Can this just be it? So I don't have to waste time. Like, can this just be it? Then let me marry this. He looked all right, He's, this looks good. He's meeting my list, I got a list. Now I'm checking the things off the list. It looks good on paper. The people around me think it look good on paper. Well, some people. You gotta trust your circle, your real circle. People think that it, you know, it looks good on paper, it'll be a nice little match. Make some cute babies, you're both attractive, hallelujah. And, and I remember one night in particular, I was in my room and I really started to cry about it, and I'm laughing now because I'm like, dang, girl, <laughs> that, was, that was nuts that you cried about that guy. Thank God for saying no. But I was crying, and I was serious, and I was like, Lord, I don't want to be heartbroken again, and I'm getting to know this guy, and I feel like it's good, and he's safe, and he knows you too, and all of the things. And when I got quiet enough to hear the voice of God, I heard it very clearly. I heard No. Heard no. And I was mad. I was so mad. Like, I probably didn't pray. I didn't talk to God for a little while after that because I was mad. And, you know, 10 plus years later, I can look back and see the hand of God on my life protecting me from something that I wanted desperately in the moment. But He had something better for me. Could it be? That you're asking God for something and he's like, no, I'm not giving that to you because you're better than that. I have something better for you. Sometimes God says no because he has something better that he's preparing for you. That he wants you to be prepared to receive. How can you receive if your hands are full? How? God knows. And he knows your heart. And he's making way you to have the best, pun intended, because I got the best, holler at my last name, best. Number three, why does God say no? Sometimes God says no because it's not a part of his purpose and plan for your life. So it's just a no. It's not, oh, I have something down the road for you. No, not, it's not because you're not ready yet. Just no, the answer is no. Because what you want is not what I want. Because what you want is not a part of my plan. And I'm sorry, but the divine plan of God, it, it does matter a little bit more than your feelings. Because your feelings will change over time. But God's plan and his purpose and his word over your life, that's eternal. I remember a time that I prayed for something and God straight up told me no. A real hard no. Not, I have something better for you. (laughs) Not, you're not ready yet. Just no. And it has to do with the birth of my daughter, Aria, who just turned one yesterday. I see the promise of God when I look at her. I asked God for very specific things as her birth approached. We planned a water birth. I was believing God for a supernatural delivery. I wanted peace. And I even made a request for a specific time that she would be born because I was tired and I wanted to sleep. But like, I didn't wanna be laboring anymore to birth her. And we got down to the wire And everything that I asked God for leading up to this moment, he granted everything. And I made a request. I said, all right, I I could feel that I was in transition. When a woman is in transition, that means the baby is coming. Like, she's probably crowning, meaning the head is about to come out. And I was just tired and I needed a break. And I said, Lord, can I just take a nap for like 30 minutes? It's such a peaceful moment. Like, can I just take a nap? and then she could come after that and I heard it very loud in my spirit no and I I cried I shed a little tear because I was just tired um you know moms who've had babies you can you're with you're probably with me like "Mm, I know that feeling but God said no and God told me that she was to be born at a specific time and so I opened my eyes and I asked uh, my doula and my husband, because they were the only other people in the room with me, I asked them, I said, what time is it? And it was 10 minutes, actually, to the time that God said she was supposed to come. And so I said, all right, she's crowning, it's time. And then I just told them, she's about to come now. Like, the laboring is done, she's about to come forth. And when she came out, there was a cord, it was a very short umbilical cord wrapped very tightly around her neck. Not every time that a baby has a cord wrapped around their neck, it's not always, you know, a fatal situation, right? But in this, it's something that happens commonly actually. But in this scenario, it was a short cord and it was tight and she came out and she was what we, you know, in urban communities say, she was blurple. She was blue and purple. And my husband is like, oh, she's gonna be chocolatey. And my doula and I are looking at each other like, nah, she's blue, like she couldn't breathe in there. And while I didn't understand it in the moment that I heard the note, I immediately understood when I saw my child. Had God granted my prayer request, I would not be able to celebrate her first birthday. She would have died. She would have died as I was pushing her out but God said no, and instead of lamenting the moment and being mad about it, I had to go with his flow because I trust his heart even beyond my ability to understand why. I know that he might not always give me what I want, but there's grace for it, and there was grace for those 10 minutes that I needed to push my child out There was grace, there was extra strength that I needed for this moment where I felt really weak and tired and overcome and I just wanted rest. I couldn't see how quickly rest was gonna come on the other side. I also wouldn't see what my daughter might need, but God knew. And maybe this is really speaking to you right now. It could could be anything. What is it that you're asking God for, or you have asked God for, that you feel like he's been real quiet about, or that he's told you no about. I want you to know today, people of God, you might be disappointed for a little while, but I want you to become resolute today about not allowing the lies of the enemy to disrupt you in your disappointment. And what I mean by that is don't allow the enemy to convince you that God isn't good just because he didn't give you a yes. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of purpose and destiny because you're now deciding I'm gonna do my own thing because God is not with me. He's with you, he's for you, and he can see much further than you can. Our finite minds cannot understand his infinite power and vision or plan for our life. I want you to get rooted in your identity again and speak to your spirit today and say, God has good plans for me, even if I don't get what I want, how I want it. You could be disappointed about the loss of a loved one. You could be disappointed and angry about a relationship that failed, a job situation. Whatever it is, please know that God is for you today. He is not the kind of father that's out here trying to leave you hanging. He has good plans to prosper you. Paul made a decision to respond like a son who knows the heart of his father. What will your response be? Paul said, I glory in my infirmity. My strength is made perfect. In weakness. I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes say once, you will win if you simply don't quit. Don't turn your back on God in the moment just because you feel like he didn't give you what you wanted. Stand still in his presence and receive the grace that you need for the challenge that you're facing. Are you overwhelmed? Are you over it? (laughs) Are you done and tired and mad because of the no? I want you to know I'm not discounting how you feel. Feelings are valid. I just want you to know that they're fleeting. God is not discounting how you feel either today. God didn't say to Paul, I ain't your man up. (laughs) He didn't say to Paul, you're being irrational. He simply pointed him to the truth of the power of God at work in him. And I want to point you to the truth of the power of God at work in you today. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 25 says, as thy days are, so shall thy strength be.
1: As your days
0: are disappointing, you'll have strength for that. You'll have grace for that. As your days are tumultuous even, so will your strength be. As your days are filled with pandemic, so will your strength be. You'll have strength for that. God promises in his word to give us what we need, for everything that we're facing. That is a promise that you can hold on to even when God says no. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've challenged us today to to see beyond what we can see and to hear you beyond what feels good. We surrender our plans to you right now. We surrender our heart to you right now. We even surrender our hurts to you now God. You're concerned about every detail of our lives. And you're not scared of us being mad at you. You want us to come to you with everything. So we come now God, asking you to show us again, remind us again of how good of a father you are, of how great your plans are for us to prosper us, to keep us in good health. Remind us again, Lord, that you have a good future for us. And thank you for being patient with us when we have temper tantrums in the spirit. We know that you are for us and that you are with us even even when we are uncomfortable with what it looks like. And if you've never given your life to Christ, You have an opportunity to do that today and know that your life is not an accident and that there's nothing that you're faced with that God can't handle. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose so that I could have life abundantly. Thank you for renewing my mind and helping me to see your hand in everything. Guide my steps. And I believe that on this journey with you to newness, you are now making me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to believe that your best days are ahead of you. And if you are someone who are watching who's watching today, who's been disappointed or hurt or angry because you've been praying destiny-shaping prayers and you don't feel heard I want to remind you that the eyes of the Lord are towards you and he hears your prayers maybe the answer is not yet but it's coming maybe the answer is not right now because I want to make you ready and maybe the answer is no for a reason that you may never understand but today we make a decision as a family life church To trust the heart of God beyond our own intellect. May God bless you. It's going to be a great week for you. In Jesus' name. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.